Welcome to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this show is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I would like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. In Iowa, they've got your bass covered. My first guest today is Dan Johnston, and Dan and I are talking about northern bass versus versus southern bass fishing pressure growth rates interesting topic listen to what dan has to say and then i talked to jody white jody white is major league fishing website editor he does everything involved with all their tournaments that have a weigh-in you can listen to jody and read his writings on the major league fishing site or their facebook and then I talked to Matt Becker. Matt had a phenomenal 2023. He's looking forward to a 2024 year that will be as good. Listen to what Matt has to say. But first, I'd like to remind everybody that this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. How are you? I am doing good. It's uh, it's winter. We got uh, pretty terrible weather across the country uh ice and snow but you know ice is a good thing uh but kind of part of the topic today I'm, i wanted to talk about uh what difference there is between the fish in the north whether they're crappies bluegills bass you know walleyes and the southern fish because those fish down south you know south of where you and i live in the midwest iowa illinois they don't ever see ice so people in boats have the opportunity to to catch them all year round, but up north they get a four to six month break. I, I think there's there's a difference, isn't there? Yeah, it's a it's a really big topic. You know, obviously when we talk about bass, we have our southern Florida strain bass, which are different than what we have up here. You know, Iowa North. Um, so that's a different fish entirely, and they just genetically can get bigger. Um, you know, their design is to live in the south yeah and they flourish and they do really well and um doesn't mean they necessarily predate all that much different you know they're the way you catch them and the, the methods and techniques are relatively consistent across the whole country obviously um the type of lake the type of vegetation and all those things dictate you know how we strategize catching them but there, there's a different species there and, and then when you look at crappie uh, walleye, things like that. The species isn't different, but the environment absolutely is. And you know what? One thing I would speak to, and this is just based on my past experience being fortunate enough to do both fish in the south and up north, obviously a ton, is it, it seems to me, and there's people out there that would probably debate me on this, but I'm just going off my past experience. Yeah. It seems to me that northern fish are not as affected by cold fronts as much as southern strain. And I'm talking about bass. Mm-hmm. Crappies are that way too, but bass, like in Florida, when you get a cold front, there's not. It doesn't seem like there's a fish in the lake. At least according <laughs> to what I've experienced and the people that I've talked to that do a lot more than I do. Where up here, it certainly can be tougher, but it's it's almost like they're used to it more, or they know how to feed through it, or it's not such a shock to their system. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I think uh, you know maybe that has to do with the metabolism. Those those southern fish are in in the case of bass are growing so fast. I think the statistics I saw were uh, eighteen inches in four years compared to a northern bass that's generally between fourteen and fifteen inches in the same four years. That's crazy. 
Well, that's feeding time throughout the the year and metabolism and warm water and you know the you gotta you gotta figure you know our crayfish up here go bye bye yeah and they come out when that water gets in the low fifties and and then you go through the different molting phases and they target those but they can't even target them at certain times of year up here bass can I'm talking about right you know your shad are prolific your pan your bait fish are prolific obviously but. Well, you know, Dave, this is something we've mentioned a thousand times on this podcast is the fish, fish being cold blooded and they're the temperature of the water. When you just look at regionality, specifically the north versus the south, our average water temperature is much colder. And there are certain times a year where it's a lot colder, like obviously, you know, freezing in the winter. And then even in the spring and the late fall, it can get in the 40s and high 30s. And those are situations where fish, do they feed? Yes, but they're not going to feed as much or as often as a bass living down in Florida at the same time of year when that water temperature is 85. So a lot of that is just the nature of what fish are. But as anglers, we need to we need to understand that, you know, because when we talk about winter fishing, it depends on where we're talking about. Are we talking about up here at, uh, you know, the northern Mississippi, northern pools of the Mississippi River? Yeah. Or are we talking about down in Florida? Because it makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I, you you think about it, and uh, I know we've talked when you've gone on your family vacation to Minnesota, and I think that's normally about the middle of June because that's when the bass season opens, doesn't it? It is, and it's just it's so good up there, you know. And that's a whole other topic. And why is it so good up there? I don't really know. I can venture to guess the fact there's so many lakes that it disperses fishing pressure. Um, it's just incredible. And in northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota up there, if you look at the number of lakes compared to numbers of anglers, and I get it, there's a lot of anglers, no question. But it's not compared to like Texas, where you have a few key lakes that get absolutely pounded year around. That's not the case in northern Minnesota. And I think it's one of the reasons I can go out for a day and feel like Brian Thrift when I pull my boat at the end of the day, having caught a hundred, you know, and a bunch of really good ones. And you think you're the best angler in the world. And I think most of it is the situation that I'm in that puts me in a position to to, to be more successful than I should be. <laughs> they make us look good. Yeah. 100 boats and i'm not competing against all the tournaments like you are in the south yeah yeah and then that time of year i mean you think about florida and texas not everywhere in texas northern texas but by december february january february it's certainly not much past march those southern fish are done spawning and here uh, i was talking to somebody at a tackle show down in tennessee this last weekend and it was um they were saying up for minnesota you know and illinois when do we lose the ice i said well st patrick's day in northern illinois but you get up to minnesota and it those, i've had those people tell me that it, it's uh, memorial day so that's like summer down south when you're in may well, it goes to show us there's a lot of things that drive the spawn and, and water temperature being a huge one. It's not just moon phase, and it certainly isn't just time of year. It's water temperature to a large degree because, to your point, they're spawning down. You know, we used to go down in late February to fish that that uh, time for bass fishing in Texas where, yep. you know, up here we'd be drilling a hole through the ice. So, you know, it, it, but one thing I will say about the north is, yes, the ice can come off late and it can be something where we can be in, you know, April, early April and still have ice on these lakes. Then sure enough, when we get up there in late May, early June, they're bedded up. So it turns around really quick. 
And part of it could be a lot of those lakes up there have real dark bottoms and they warm up super fast, especially the shallow lakes. Uh, they'll warm up super fast and the fish will go shallow. We've done episodes on that as well about how fast they can move up. Um, but it, it's it's a completely different mindset. The cold front thing was the biggest eye-opener for me because I've caught them in cold fronts up here. It's not as good as low barometer front side of a storm, but a backside of a storm cold front, I've caught them up here, but man, I have been whooped in the south <laughs> and talked to a lot of people that are like, they just shut down and I, I think just severity of that is different from the south to the north based on pretty much all the experiences I've had going through that. Yeah, and, and we say about the lack of pressure on the bass, but I think uh, I have to argue that with the walleyes and the crappies and the pike, there's probably more pressure in the winter in some of these uh, when they have good ice up north, and that can actually probably deplete some of those populations because there are thousands and tens of thousands of people that love their ice fishing, and they do it with a passion. Yeah, crappies get hit year-round all over the country, whether it's ice, spring, fall, summer, winter, whatever. And walleyes, um, one one thing that's been really cool is to see slot limits that have been put on, on key lakes yes. uh, up here in the north that has helped that a lot, you know, in terms of sustaining that fishery. But the downside to crappie and walleye populations compared to bass is crappie and walleye are obviously... 50,000 times the desired table fare over bass. Right. And people go out to catch them to eat them. Where the bass angler over the years has really become acclimated to let them go. And we're doing as good a job as we possibly can to sustain these fisheries. We talked about this recently about why is the bass fishing getting better, even though technology is getting better and how to catch them and the equipment and the number of anglers is all going up. But the fishing seems to sustain. And I have to attribute some of that to, you know, very, um, stallworth catch and release practices uh you know obviously we have mortality in all types of fishing but i think that doesn't hurt it's the same thing on the musky side too absolutely great topic dan always uh, appreciate your insight and look forward to talking to you next week hey thanks dave no problem that was dan johnson i am dave kranz and this segment of the wheat fish asa podcast was brought to you by st croix the best rods on earth we will be right back after these messages Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. Daiwa MagForce Z, similar in design to our SV system. Rules with MagForce Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MagForce Z incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, 
the persistent pursuit of perfection, St. Croix. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by the proud industry members in the American Sport Fishing Association. In particular, this one is Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say the guests I get to interview on this segment have a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. He is Jody White with Major League Fishing. He does uh, website editing for them, and he has a passion for the industry in so many different ways, including fishing. Welcome to the program, Jody. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. So uh, 2023 was an exciting year. 2024 outlook looks pretty good. It's almost on top of us. It's going to start real soon, isn't it? Yeah, we're actually, you know, we're recording this uh, the day before the Abu Garcia College Fishing National Championship starts on Toho. We've had our first uh, BFL of the year already. Hayden Heck won that on Rayburn with 29 pounds. Yeah. Uh, so we're uh, kind of getting things rolling here. And, you know, January is sort of, it's not super, super busy, uh, but February is extraordinarily busy and we keep rolling from there. Yeah, yeah, lots of uh, lots of exciting tournaments and lots of uh, uh, people that are signing up for these. I I think uh, when I look at the numbers, they're they're pretty decent. Uh, you know, we got through that COVID time and we're I think we're we're kind of back, aren't we? Yeah, you know, it seems like twenty uh, twenty we had really down numbers for uh, I would say participation kind of across the board, um, especially at, like the Toyota Series level. Um, but we've had really big numbers the last few years in the Toyota Series at the BFLs. Um, and I think it's going to be pretty good again this year. Uh, those tournaments in particular, like, they're just such a they're, – they're really a really great offering for somebody who wants to fish either around the house or not super far from the house and isn't trying to build out a whole pro-fishing schedule but still wants to fish big tournaments have a chance to win some big money maybe fish a really cool championship stuff like that yeah um, and not only for the pros for the co-anglers also yeah yeah for sure and honestly you know our co-angler programs i would say second to none you know we give away more boats on the co-angler side than uh, pretty much anyone else does and it's a it's a really good way to get your feet wet in fishing um to either try it and see if you like it some guys hang around and can honestly make kind of some good money being a co-angler you see a lot of cool places um and i know you know you talk about live scope and forward-facing sonar and stuff like that taken away from the co-angler experience and it certainly I, I won't say it makes it easy on the guys but there are still plenty of anglers who have managed to continue to catch them from the back of the boat even you know drawing guys who scope uh, and it's regardless, like if you look at sort of how much it costs to get on the water with a guide versus how much it costs to get on the water as a co-angler and the fact that you could win money, um, it's a pretty good way to get out fishing. Yeah, what a, what a great way to get educated on parts of the country that you may not be familiar with. And if you can partner with somebody and, you know, split some of those driving expenses and, uh, you know, some of the, the people get together and, you know, share uh, – uh, houses and it, it doesn't have to cost a fortune and you're fishing close to home and it is a step above the bfl which is i think in some cases uh, even tougher to fish in because there are most of them are all the top locals in that area 
Yeah, I, I think the BFL is really good competition. If you look at this first one we had on Raver, uh, Hayden Heck, who won it, he has won more events with MLF than not. He's got like a 60 or 70% winning percentage or something like that. That's crazy. Uh, so when he when he finishes, he's going to hit. Um, and uh, there's a whole bunch of other like amazing Texas locals in that tournament that you know all did well, or many of them did well. And if you've been a co-angler in there or something, there's a decent chance you would have got to draw out with, you know, Dickie Newberry or something, who's, you know, literally a living legend. Yeah, absolutely. Do you uh, feel like uh, the fishing uh, north compared to south is is uh, better because it, most of those lakes, this year is not the case, but it's coming now, have, have ice on them, you know, four or five, six months out of the year? Uh, I think that definitely is a factor. Um, you know, I think the fact that the fish get a rest up north does lead to some really consistent, excellent fishing. Um, but it, it's also, I think, a little bit of a numbers game. You know, down south, there's honestly, there are more people that fish. You can see that in membership. You know, yeah. more people fish tournaments uh, in the southeast than really pretty much anywhere else. And I think that keeps the fish pretty smart. Um, up north, there's fewer people that fish. And a lot of that effort is spread out over different species. You know, we've got plenty of people who love to go out and catch walleye and stuff like that. And yeah, there's cat fishermen and crappie fishermen down south, but I feel like in the north it's a little, a little more spread out, and we do have the protection of that winter. Um, and, I, and honestly, I, I I hope it stays that way for a long time because. I really like fishing up north, as I think anyone who knows me knows. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's fun. It is definitely fun. Do um, Is there a favorite place on the schedule that uh, you're looking forward to covering? Uh, honestly, so the Taco House Invitationals goes to West Point, and I have really never been there. I don't really know much about it. I don't think it's going to be one of the best tournaments on the schedule from a weight standpoint, but I really like going to new places. Uh, or new to me places. So yeah, I'm yeah. pretty excited for, to see that. Um, we go to Champlain for a few events this year. I love Champlain. I think it's a it's a fascinating tournament lake. We learn more about it every year. And uh, it's one of those lakes where I think strategy and decisions are just such a big part of success on that lake. Uh, so I like that. Um, and then the other thing feels are going to the Detroit River, which... I think is really cool. We haven't been there in a while. A lot of time when we've gone to that area of the country, we've launched out of St. Clair recently, especially yeah. for bigger tournaments. I think launching out of the Detroit River, it'll put Erie in play. I have heard that that end of Erie is kind of kicking out some big fish lately, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then the Basport Tour event to open the season at Toledo Bend should be like pretty nuts honestly because i think toledo is like legitimately one of the hottest lakes in the country right now uh, from a big fish perspective and a numbers perspective i think it's going to be really good yeah it's always interesting to see what they do when you talk about uh st Clair and lake erie and uh, detroit it always is determined by the weather whether there's a wind that create waves and uh, safety for uh every group out there fishing has got to be the priority and uh uh, you got to do it. You got to do it. But it's it, it's fun. It's fun to see everywhere that you go. I enjoy uh, uh, reading your recaps about what uh, how they were caught and and you know following along. It, it's awesome. And uh, 
I think uh, all the listeners ought to listen to Jody White, Major League Fishing website editor. Uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, be a good season, and I look forward to it, and I thank you for your time. All right, well, David, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. That was Jody White. I am Dave Kranz. This segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Calcutta Outdoors, from bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Iowa, our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate backlashes. Daiwa. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this program is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. My next guest has been on before. He was on uh, last summer, and uh, I'd like to welcome back Matt Becker. How you doing? Hey, good, good. Doing a little driving currently, but that, thanks for having me on the show. Oh, no problem. So uh, you're, you're getting ready, and uh, 2024 Outlook, you got some pretty good places that you're going to, and uh, 2023 was nothing short of a great year for you. That, that might be hard to duplicate. For sure, you know, I was almost a little sad to see the the new year come and uh, leave 23 in the past because it was such a good year for me personally. And, uh, man, yeah, what a great year. But, you know, it's uh, just like any other sport. you got to put it in the past and uh, focus on what's in front of you. So we are uh, fully focused on 2024 season. You know, we got a new schedule, we got a new format, we got a whole bunch of new things this year, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Good. So, so the changes that are new, you're you're in favor of at this point, and looking forward to trying. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, so going into last year, I was pretty excited about the every fish counts format, and then after I qualified for the Bass Pro Tour, they ended up changing it to five fish. So I was actually pretty excited to see it go back to every fish counts this year. You know, it's hard to argue with the results I had last year, but I'm pretty excited about the every fish counts. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And it really changes the dynamic of uh, uh, the schedule or the fisheries that we're going to. You know, it's going to make things very interesting and uh, be some great television for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, with that format and the numbers that are fishing, um Boy, they can go to places and have you guys in places that are really, for most tournament circuits, would be considered small bodies of water. 
You know, that's the really cool thing about the Bass Pro Tour is, you know, as of this year, we will never fish against more than 40 guys on the water at any time. So, you know, it really opens up a lot of different bodies of water. And then the Every Fish Counts format really gets to expose how good fisheries are, you know. And a five-fish format, you know, you get to see your five best at the end of the day, but you don't really know how many fish you caught throughout the day. So the Every Fish Count format really gets to show how many fish are actually in a fishery and, you know, how well they're biting. So it's going to kind of show off some fisheries extremely well this year. I think you're going to see some records get broken at some point this year. Yeah, and, and whether those the average fish is two and a half pounds, three pounds, four pounds, you know, that that's pretty exciting. And you're, you're going to help a lot of locals on those lakes uh, learn their own lakes, even though they've lived there maybe their whole life. They're going to, you guys are going to go there and do different things, and they may be very surprised. Yeah, for me, I just love catching fish. I don't care if they're two pounds or five pounds or eight pounds, you know. I just want to reel in as many as I can, so I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, yeah. You said you're on the road. Where are you heading to right now? We're headed over to uh, Santee Cooper. So I've never been there. And, uh, you know, before the off limits here, we're going to go poke around a little bit and just kind of get familiar with uh, dodging stumps. Yeah. And, and that's as important as the fishing is, is how to navigate, where to get fuel, where you're staying, all of that, just to get comfortable with the ramps that are available and, and to know... Uh, all of that, that that's an element that I think a lot of people watching you guys don't don't take into consideration. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I really like to, to feel comfortable when I show up to a body of water for official practice. So if I've never been there or never been to the area, like I always want to go poke around and just, you know, see things with my eyes because you can do all the map study you want, but until you see it in person, on the water, you just see things differently once you're there. So that's what I'm. I'm uh, that's what I'm heading over for right now. Yeah, yeah, and map study. You're not unfolding a paper map and putting it on your kitchen table. You're you're probably using Google Earth. Yeah, there's so many options for uh, for research nowadays. So I try and take advantage of every everything available to me. Yeah, yeah. Although sometimes you can't get the uh, the water levels and things like that. I mean, that can make a big difference on a tournament because if you got rising water, generally it's it's dirty, and if it's falling, it's cleaner. I mean, that all of that plays into into the decision that you have to make to try to be successful. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you can do all the research you want, but it's all about catching them the week of the tournament. So. You still got to kind of do your research with, with a little grain of salt and just kind of know that things can be totally different the tournament week and you just got to forget everything you learned or everything that you researched and just kind of go fishing the conditions of the week of the tournament. Absolutely. You have a favorite way you like to catch them or not really? Whenever they're biting. <laughs> you got to gotta do with whatever, whatever they're biting. They're biting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I have a few favorite ways to catch them, but I mean, to be a well-versed tournament angler right now, you can't be a one-trick pony. So I, uh, I try and stay versatile and and uh, feel like I am uh, above average in most every technique. 
that and that's where you have to be to finish where you finished here last year and you'll have to do it to finish that way in 2024 uh is is there um on these lakes that that you're going to are most of them set around the spawn or just the early ones or, or are they they everything uh, pre uh, spawn and post you know, looking at the schedule, I really don't see any that jump out to me as spawn tournaments. Okay. You know, uh, I, I believe a lot of them are going to be pre-spawn tournaments, and um, that excites me. You know, I really like fishing pre-spawn. That's, you know, some of the best fishing of the year. The fish are the healthiest. They're going to weigh their most, and it's a time where you can catch a lot of them in a hurry. So I think it's going to be a pretty, uh, pretty cool year. With the schedule and with the format, I think you're going to see some fireworks. <laughs> that sounds exciting. Hey, Matt, I got to take a quick break for my sponsors. When we come back, I want to hear about your sponsors and more from Matt Becker. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and we will be right back. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube but I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. St. Croix, crafting the best rods on earth takes a team effort. Takes a lot of hands to produce a St. Croix fishing rod, 32 to be exact. Every rod we manufacture is carefully crafted, assembled, and tested by passionate professionals who want to ensure you have the best fishing experience possible. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Daiwa, our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping, pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate backlashes. Daiwa. I am Dave Kranz. We're back with more of the We Fish ASA podcast, talking to Matt Becker as he drives for a pre-tournament practice. Welcome back, Matt. All right. All right. So you're uh, you're uh, driving for a pre-practice, and we're uh, we're looking forward to a good year. Uh, who helps keep you on the water? Who who's your sponsors? Well, yeah, like you mentioned, sponsors are so important. You know that. Um, keeps us going and and for me it's it's awesome to have people knowing that they support me and they have my back so you know if if for some reason i have a bad day on the water i know that you know there's somebody out there that believes in me and and they're uh, trusting me to uh promote their brand and and use their products and and succeed on the water so the sponsors are everything and uh yeah i mean we got uh Pretty much everybody has uh, re-signed this year as last year. I think we've added a couple. So, um, you know, we'll just go down the list. we got Favorite Rods. They, uh, they've been my title sponsor for, uh, I think, four years now. And uh, they've been a huge help to my career. Yeah. You know, I don't think I would be here without them. Um, 
Eagle Claw and Trocar. We got Scott Hawaii flip flops or slippers as they call them in, in uh, Hawaii. There you go. Striker keeps me protected on the water. You know, rain gear, sun protection, warmth, all that kind of stuff. Seaguar, you know, I've caught every bass throughout my entire fishing career on Seaguar line, so that's pretty cool. Um, of course, the guys over at GSM, you know, we got Bill Lewis, the original rattle trap, some amazing new baits, and there's lots of cool things coming, and uh, there is a ton of new baits coming from Bill Lewis, and, and I'm excited to see those hit the market. Of course, Yamamoto, I mean, Yamamoto has been a staple in my lineup for as long as I can remember, and uh, being able to use and promote and help design new products with them, it's really, really cool. Uh, yeah. Trick Step, they, uh, they make an amazing three-step to get up into your bass boat, and they recently um, dove into the electronics mount so everybody has the best electronics right now and having a mount that protects them and keeps them organized on your bass boat is so important and trick step has designed the trick mount that is a an excellent mount on your bass boat and in the electronics realm you know we got bass fish electronics so they're an electronics dealer and they stock everything you need no matter the brand the forward-facing side imaging 2d they got everything you need and um, they got my boat tricked out with the best equipment electronics and i feel like i have the best setup makes me the best fisherman you know it's all powered by rely on batteries um it just powers everything throughout my boat um, fish usa is a online tackle retailer and uh, they got all your bass fishing stuff online, quick, easy, get it to you in a hurry. And I think lastly, we got Epic Baits. They're a, a tungsten jig spinnerbait company. They make some really cool stuff made in the USA, and it's veteran-owned. So it's, a, it's just a great company to support if you're looking to check out some new stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a good thing. And anything that we can buy, and it's hard to buy things that are only made in America in our industry. So when you have that opportunity, uh, do that. And uh, I think that's, that makes a, a big difference. You got uh, probably some uh, younger anglers when you do shows and things like that, collegiate anglers, high school anglers. Um, they want to know how they can uh, get to where you're at, Matt. What, what's a couple of the tips that you give them? You know, first and foremost, you got to just have a, a love and passion for fishing. So that the first thing I always recommend people is just to you have to fish all the time. You have to be so ate up with it that you can't live without bass fishing if you want to make it to the highest level. So you got to go fishing all the time, man. you got to want to go fishing every day, even when the fishing's not good or, you you know, the weather's not the best. you you got to want it so bad to be able to still go out there and learn something you know you learn something every day you go on the water so the more you go on the water the more you learn the more knowledge base you have and the next thing you know you're a pretty dang good fisherman so time on the water is everything and uh, that's that's the most important thing you could do is just spend as much time as you can on the water yeah i think that's great advice and uh, uh do you like a tournament that's a a slug fest do you like one that it's really hard to to catch you know sometimes there it may be a a, a tournament that you're only getting two or three or four bites a day uh so it 
it gets tough. Do you do you like both of those? I know you said you like to set the hook, you like to catch fish, but are the Slugfest yeah. ones exciting or no? You know, they're both definitely exciting. I think me personally, from the area of the country I grew up around Pittsburgh, you know, I'm used to really yeah. tough fisheries. So yeah. I tend to lean towards those kind of tournaments just because it, it really puts the focus on being efficient and making everybody count and time management and making sure that you're at the top of your game on all the other things besides the actual reeling in the fish. So whenever you have a tough tournament, you're only getting, say, three to six bites a day. Having all your equipment dialed in, having everything being the best, most efficient way possible kind of pushes through the tough fishing and allows you to kind of shine a little more in those tougher tournaments. So I kind of lean towards those and, and really like those tough ones where, you know, you, you can uh, work a little harder. You can uh, have your stuff dialed in and it'll help you yeah. finish a little better. Tournament. Absolutely. Do you have a, um, a routine that you do to get prepared mentally? Cause so much of this game is mental. Oh, yeah, it's it's majority mental, and uh, I don't really have a game plan or anything. I mean, I, uh, you know, just kind of, no real routines. I just kind of go through my my normal progression and, and get through. Uh, once you get in tournament shape, you know, it's kind of just another day, you know. But um, the biggest thing for me is, is not letting anything outside the tournament bother me once I'm fishing, you know. You can have all the hype and, and uh, media and all that in the morning before takeoff, but once they call your boat number, you got to block all that out, and it's just you versus the fish, and you got to figure out how to catch them. Yeah, I had some college guys in my store uh, not too long ago, and they said they were in a tournament. They had a good bite going. The practice was good. They got there, and nothing. They didn't get bit, and they, they, um, they said they could only do it for about 10 or 15 minutes and uh, they had to leave but what I didn't hear from uh, them was they didn't try to figure out where those fish moved to I think they probably stood in the left but maybe done a few things before they did that absolutely yeah I mean and, and it's all about having a clear mind and uh, being focused on the on the day yeah, because maybe they went a little deeper. Maybe they went shallower. Maybe the water got dirtier. I mean, I didn't hear any of that from them, but I think that was uh, the fact that they're, you know, 18, 19 years old, and that's uh, that they made that decision. Uh, kind of exciting to see uh, the season coming up here and seeing the, uh, the anglers perform and get ready, and it, we're right on top of it. You're obviously driving the pre-practice. It's awesome, and I don't think it'll be the last time I have you on, Matt. I think... Uh, you're gonna you're gonna win some more, and you're gonna do well, and I'm gonna be calling you, and I hope you come back on the We Fish ASA podcast. I hope so. That sounds good. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Matt Becker. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. I would like to thank my sponsors, Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Syncroid, the best rods on earth, and Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. Thank you to Dan Johnston talking about northern fish versus southern fish. We don't care where they're at. We want to fish for them all the time. Thank you, Dan. Look forward to talking to you next week. 
And Jody White gave us some interesting insight on being a website editor for Major League Fishing. Thank you, Jody. And you just heard from Matt Becker. He is going to have a phenomenal year. Watch him as he fishes the Bass Pro Tour. I'm looking forward to next week bringing you the We Fish ASA podcast. Until then, please take someone fishing to help grow our sport. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.